BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Happy Friday to you. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's Big Sills. Appreciate everybody hanging in there with us. And I appreciate everybody in what you're doing for the program and how you guys are making this one of the fastest growing shows on YouTube. So thank you so much. I mean, just take a look at the views and how well we're doing. You guys are all making that happen. And also, too, the likes of the show. I start the show off by saying, please hit the like button. Thank you so much. We're going to go into everything here today. This is going to be a sports potpourri today, and it's going to pretty much cover a lot of stuff today. We're going to talk at the bottom of the hour with our friend senior writer from CBS Sports, Dennis Dodd, about the nil law and the nil rule. Is it good or bad for college football? How will it affect the NFL? In hour number two, Our friend, Philly 500, we're going to get a fan's reaction to the Eagles' schedule release last night. That was fun last night and what we did with Jacob Sports. Everybody got on, gave their two cents of what the Eagles' season is going to look like. Right now, sitting here on May 13th. Happy Friday the 13th to you, too. Um, So we all had a good spin last night. We all had different directions. I really love that about our network, is that you don't get the same show each and every single day. So. We're going to talk to our friend Philly 500 in our number two. By the way, Seth Joyner sends, and so does Keith Jackson, they send their condolences in the fact that they could not make it here today. And they're going to work on trying to come aboard with us next week. So we look forward to having those guys as we expand into the sports world, Major League Baseball. We're going to try to get Doc Rivers on too next week. I'm going to try to get my friend Doc Rivers on next week because I want to talk to him. And that's where I'm going to start here. 
I'll tell you something about Jimmy Butler, and I said it the other day to you. Don't ever think that guy doesn't want the Sixers ass every time he steps on the court. In your own barn, in your own barn last night, he made the Philadelphia 76ers look like kids who didn't want to play. He stole your heart last night. That guy took the heart out of the Sixers. I'm not sure they ever had it, but he, he just stomped on it. In your own barn. This has got nothing to do with the fans. This has got nothing to do with the organization. This has got to do with the players last night. How about in the fourth period, the way that they were not hustling, going after loose basketballs? That was terrible. What an absolutely awful, what an absolutely awful exhibition of basketball the Sixers put on last night. Effort. Will. Fight for it. Her doc saying that. That was terrible. Okay? You got Jimmy Butler going into the locker room at the end of the game talking about Tobias Harris. You kept that dude over me? That was classic and awesome and in your face. Dude, don't tell me that guy doesn't have an ass for the Sixer organization. Do not tell me he does not. And by the way, I'm going to start here with this one too. It's easy to sit here and bang on Doc Rivers or sit here and bang on everybody. But I'm going to talk about two people here. First, I'm going to talk about Joel Embiid sitting at the podium talking about his basketball team and how soft they were and how we got to get tougher. James Harden's not good. Hey, I get the fact he had a cracked face, injured hand. I get all that. But do you really think that's the place to throw your teammates under a bus? Dude, if I'm going to throw somebody under a bus, I'm going to do it in the locker room and I'm going to face-to-face you on it. And I'm not saying he didn't do that, but that's stuff that should be kept in a locker room. Throwing your teammates under the bus like that. You okay with that? I wasn't. That's not how a MVP candidate acts, in my opinion. You don't start shitting on the guys that you go out and do battle with, even if they do put a shitty effort up like that. I disagree with that. If I got a problem with my teammate and I got a problem with my boys, I'm going to go in there and say, this is what's going to be kept in the locker room. Whatever happened to that code? What's said in the locker room stays in the locker room. Now the locker room is like Twitter. Press conferences. Today's NBA, today's athlete. They sit in front of a podium because you know what it does? It deflects. It comes off like it deflects. It looks like it deflects. Hey, I was hurt. I hurt my hand. I had an MVP season. Guess what? It was them. They suck. You sound like LeBron. You know, I kill LeBron for that. When you're going to go after your teammates, do it in private, dude. That's what leadership does. You want to shit on someone? Shit on them in private. You're soft. And by the way, how about Embiid screaming at his guys on the bench when they need it the most and when it was going on? Don't do it after the fact. Yeah, we're soft. We're not good. We need to be tougher. Great, guy. This just in. Really? I was disappointed with that. By the way, could it be a moment? Sure. But do you really think that you're going to shit on your teammates? Would you shit on your teammate in public? Or would you rather do it behind the scenes and keep it in the locker room with your boys. 
the media doesn't have to know this. You don't owe them anything. You owe your teammates your criticism, not the media. You don't owe anybody in Philadelphia sports media those comments. Dude, that's a crappy code, man. I hate in today's society that we see that with today's sports guys. Let me go in public and shit on my teammates. It's them, not me. Hey, dude, I saw you moping in game five because you didn't win the MVP award. I don't know, just me. That was my takeaway from it. Yeah, but I'm hurt. Okay, don't play. That came off awful, man. That Can I tell you this, though? Watch this. I got to give it to Howie Roseman. I got to give it to Howie Roseman. You know why? The Eagles have a pretty good culture. They have a pretty good culture. Even though all that shit was going on with Carson Wentz in the building, they did their best to try to suppress it. And when it became a problem, what did they do? They got rid of everybody in the building that they thought created that mess. Right or wrong, whether you think the firing of Doug Peterson was right or the exit of Carson Wentz, Howie Roseman said, we got to clean this place up. We can't have this shit. Isn't isn't the Eagle organization now in a better place, at least spiritually and mentally, and how they're going to approach the 2022 season? And you don't have whispers in the corner like Alshon Jeffries? Don't you think? The Eagles have cleaned that up. They scrubbed the walls. They went into the locker room and got rid of that shit. Good for Howie. That's another check in the right direction for Howie Roseman. Here, let me do this too. Josh Harris, you suck as an owner. You suck. Trust the process. Trust the process. Are you kidding me? Trust the process. You told Philadelphia sports fan, an NBA fan, a sports fan, we're going to suck for a while. We're going to pass on Giannis Antetokounmpo, we're going to take folks and all these other shitty moves that did not pan out, and you're going to hand you this. And you're going to pass and move Jimmy Butler. Do you see Jimmy Butler saying how he wanted to still be a sixer and play with Embiid? He didn't want to ever leave. I have never seen an ownership make more mistakes after one another, like I've seen the 76er organization. It's mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. This ain't a Doc Rivers thing. This is a culture thing. Dude, that owner has created a shit pile culture. You want to know what losing franchises look like? The Philadelphia 76ers have a losing culture They will never win until that owner passes the baton. And I know he is. Dude, Josh Harris, he's the problem. Trust the process. What process is that? Hey, I'll tell you this, though. Hey, Raymond, you know, you want to shit all over Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers had the most successful era in the history of Clipper basketball. 
You know, they say, well, Doc didn't really do a great job with the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers owned by Donald Sterling? That L.A. Clippers? Doc goes into that building and changes the culture and they win? I get the postseason. I'm with you. Rotation changes, all that shit. But, dude, when a coach is sitting on the pine and he's begging you to have effort, that's a player deal. Dude, that owner has created a shitstorm. Kudos to the Eagles. Kudos to the Eagles. They cleaned it up. They're not going to have that. They were not going to have that. They got rid of Wentz. They got rid of Doug. They got rid of all the people that were dividing the locker room. Good for them. They weren't going to do that. And right now you have a cohesive locker. And get this, you got guys pulling for one another. I highly doubt you're ever going to see this coming out of the organization. Jason Kelsey going like this. Yeah, man, Jalen Hurts sucked in that Cowboy game. He's got to play better. He just, he, you know what, man? He wasn't very tough in that game, and we weren't very tough on defense. We just got to play better. We got to kick in. And quickly played well, but everybody else really shit the bat. I doubt you're going to hear that. I totally doubt that. I totally doubt that. To me, man, that was more than just losing game six and getting knocked out of the playoffs last night. That was watching an organization unravel. Right in front of your eyes. They didn't even fight for it. They didn't even fight for it. They didn't care. They didn't even fight for it. Man. You imagine this. And by the way, when, when Harden was asked a question, too, at the press conference in the post game about the contract extension, made me feel that Daryl Morey and ownership has already worked out this contract extension, that he's getting that extension. Holy cow, man. But that's okay. Because you know what will happen? You're going to be in the same position that the Lakers are in with Russell Westbrook. You're not going to be able to dump a guy with $50 million annually on his, on his record. You're, you're not going to be able to get rid of him. And you're going to be in purgatory again. The Sixers are not going to be a champion. They'll never win a championship with Joel Embiid in the situation that they're in right now. Never. And it wouldn't shock me one day if Embiid decides to roll out of Philly. Because he's just got a terrible organization. I mean, okay? Just without a doubt. Terrible. Just terrible. Okay, let me let me roll into this here. The schedule came out last night. Okay? Okay, Randall, tell you what we're going to do. Xander, should we take a timeout and see if we can bring this thing back? Because people are saying that we're having issues here with the internet. Um, maybe what we should do here. Oh, Xander says it's coming back. Okay. I apologize, guys. They have the worst internet in California, and I apologize for that. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully this thing all comes back here. And I appreciate everybody being patient with me. Believe us, it aggravates all of us. Um, so hopefully this ends up coming in there, coming back here for us. So the schedule was released last night. 
And I'm going to throw this topic at you here. Does the 2002 Eagles schedule give them a chance to win the East? I looked at the schedule. And I'll tell you something. I'm very optimistic about the Philadelphia Eagles opportunities in 2022 to have a really good season. Take care of the football. Keep doing what you're doing. Improve on what you did a year ago. Run the rock. Jalen gets better. A.J. Brown and all that. Okay? I mean, look, man. I mean, the Eagles are also going to be in prime time a couple times. Dude, this is really set up. And I'm not going to do this. Look, I, I, and, and I'm going to agree with some of you here and what I've done here over the last couple weeks here. You know, I, I sound sometimes like I'm coming off negative and all I'm trying to do is put people in places to be successful when it comes to the Eagles. Jalen's got to be here. We've all talked about it. Okay. And you know what? I agree with you. It's talked about it nauseum. We all know he's got to do this. He's got to do this. A, B, C, D, and E to get where he is. The big question will be, are the pieces here for this football team to move forward and have an opportunity to win? Because I'll tell you something, when you take a look at the Buccaneers schedule, if you look at the Buccaneers schedule right out of the gate, man, they got Kansas City, they got the Rams, they've got some pretty tough football teams out of the gate. They got the Packers that are also winner. I think they got the Saints right out of the gate, going to start playing divisional games. Brady struggled against the Saints. The Buccaneers could start the season two and two. Whereas the Eagles could get out of the season and really start the season at four and oh before they get into that Cardinal game. This football team, again, you didn't lose anybody. You added pieces. You improved an opportunity for you to be able to do this. Hey, man, look at the components that we added here. Hassan Reddick on the other side is primed and ready to rock and roll. This guy wants to win ball games. Everybody right now in Philadelphia in the Eagle organization is looking at this schedule. And you know what they're saying? They're doing this. Look, there's no excuses. That's right. Jeremiah, there's absolutely no excuses. Zero excuses here. Lions win. Vikings be a tough win. Jaguars going to be a tough game because it's Dougie. The Cardinals... When you get to the Cardinals, and I'm going to ask a question here in a minute, because there's going to be certain benchmark games, okay, that we're going to start circling here, that we're going to be asking ourselves what kind of football team we have. So all of this is set up. You know, I, I looked at the schedule. I talked about it last night at Jacob Sports, and we we're all going back and forth. And I start circling benchmark games. And I'm going to tell you what I think the benchmark games are. Look at this, Lions. Vikings, Washington, Jags. Week five, I think, is a benchmark game. First four games of the season, you get out to a what? Three and one start? You get into that cards game. The cards are comparable to you. I think the rosters, if you put them all together, the defensive side of the football with the Arizona Cardinals, I don't know, I think maybe the... Eagles could be in that conversation where they may have a better one. Do they have the same offense that the Cardinals have? Well, without DeAndre Hopkins, 
I don't know. I, I think Kyler Murray's better. But it's close. So you're going to go into that Cardinal game. In my opinion, you're going to go into that Cardinal game. That's going to be your first test on who you are. You see, I want to play tough teams right away. Okay? I want to know who I am. You know, one of the great things that I really enjoyed, okay? The one thing that I really enjoyed when I played at the University of Miami, you know what it was? We played Florida the first game of the year every year when I was in college. You knew who you were right away. Either you were going to have a great season or you were not going to have a great season or you had to do a lot of work. Check it out. One year we were we were expected to really have a great year. We get shellacked by the Gators 28-3. to We go on an iconic run, go 11-1 and win the national championship. We go up to they, the Gators. We went into Tampa. We played on a neutral site. They beat us. We played that first game of the year forever. Obviously, they don't do that anymore, but I like that because I knew exactly, okay? I knew exactly. Yeah, because you know why I skipped over the commander game? It's week three. You should be better than that football team. If you get this, I say the first litmus test game is the Cardinal game. If you think it's Washington, then you really don't have a good season ahead of you. I'm giving what everyone has said this football team should be. A 12-5 and five team, 11-6. and six. They're going to be somewhere in there. Bro, if you can't get to the Cardinal game at 4-1, and one, you got a problem with your season. That Cardinal game is going to tell us. Because then, get this, you win that football game, you got the Cowboys on the other side of that going into the bye. That two-week little window there between the Cardinals and the Cowboys. And check it out what you have emotionally working on this. Listen to what you have. Right, I'm not going, Jesse, Wentz has got enough to deal with. He's got enough to deal with in that week three game. I'll I'll get on him because he talked about the Eagles. And he talked about the Eagle games. But look at this three-game stretch going into the bye. You got an emotional game with Doug Peterson coming back to the link. Then you've got the Cardinals, who is a is a team that's being considered a threat to win the NFC West, which is arguably the best division in the NFC. Then you got your nemesis, the Cowboys. You got those two games right there back to back. Remember what I told you? If you can't, what do you think you are going into that Cowboy game? What do you think you are going into that Cowboy game? Five and one? One, two, three, four. You're five and one going into the... You're five and one going into the Cowboy game. Five and one. The Cowboy game going into the bye. And think about this, what you have during this time. I dissected the schedule a tad bit more last night. Because look at this. From week six... All the way until week nine, you're at home with a bye. You got Cowboys home, bye, Steelers home coming out of the bye. That Cowboy game's gonna tell us more. You're either gonna be six and one or five and two, heading into a bye. 
coming out with an outman Steeler team. You potentially are going to go seven and two there. Eight and one. Then you got the Texans. You're talking about eight and two, nine and one. Then you've got Washington at home with Wentz coming into the building. You may have a one-loss or two-loss Eagle team when Carson Wentz rolls in to Lincoln Financial. This is shaping up to tell us all we need to know. By week 10, your football team's 8-2, and 9-1. and one. You're starting to sit there, and people are starting to take notice of you right here. Because then you've got the Colts on the other side of that. Then you've got that three-man, that three-team death row there where you've got Colts, Packers, and Titans. There's your toughest stretch of your season right there. Actually, if you want, you could throw Washington into that because it's a divisional game. Here's your four-game stretch. Your season going into the toughest – the toughest part of your season, okay, is Washington, Colts, Packers, Titans. These four games here, okay? These four games, you could be rolling in there at eight and two as you roll into this. Then you got Giants, Bears, and then you got the Cowboys in week 16. There's a couple benchmark games here. We're going to know how good this football team is. We're going to know how good Jalen Hurts is when you get to week 10. Week 10 will tell us everything because as you get ready for week 10, it's Washington, the Colts, the Packers, and the Titans. Your season is right there. And get this, what's great about that stretch, three of the four games are at home. What a schedule. Three of your toughest four games that you play in your schedule are at home. Okay? That's – everyone knows everyone plays better when they are at home. Then you finish it up, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and then the Giants. I'm not expecting anybody but the Cowboys. And I – the outlier is this Saints game. I don't know how well Jameis Winston's going to play. There's no Sean Payton there. Okay? Zach, it's enormous for you at home. When you have the toughest stretch of your schedule, okay, the toughest stretch for your schedule, and you've got three of those four games at home, and you've been able to pretty much play against teams that you're going to be favored against. Here, look, watch this. Lions, your favorite. Vikings at home, you're probably going to be favored by one or two points, I would think. You're going to be favored against Washington, I would assume. You're going to be favored against the Jags. You're probably not going to be favored against the Cardinals, and you're probably not going to be favored against the Cowboys, depending on how that, again, those two games going into the bye. Rico says, unless we can get the quarterback, that's a game changer. Okay? Chris says, I got us losing to Dallas and Washington once. 
and, and you know what, Chris? That's a trend that we see all the time. Hey, and by the way, does anyone know this at all? When's the last repeat champion in the NFC East? I can't remember the last time a team put two NFC East crowns together. Is it Dallas that did that? I can't remember. You know what, though? Here, here always remember this, though. And, 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 and Barrett and I hit on this, Chris. Cousins doesn't play well on the road. He's great up at that dome, but he really doesn't play all that hot, okay, on the road. Eagles 0304. Think about that. Thanks, Davey Boy. Thanks, Zach. Hey, think about that. We haven't seen a repeat champion in the NFC East, okay, since 2003, 2004. So this is going to still be a revolving door, but you could see the Eagles here grab a hold of this division this year. I think this is a schedule that lines up, and I would say this. I looked at Dallas's schedule compared to what I'm looking at with the Eagles schedule. With all the moves you made and all the moves that they didn't make, I don't know how you go into this season unless you're just blinded by the Cowboy star. You sit there and go like this. How do you not go like this? Well, the Cowboys have come down to the Eagles. They may not be better, the Eagles, but you could flip a coin on this game now. And hypothetically, say you split. You're still talking about an 11-6 and six season, an 11-win season. If you split with Dallas, if you happen to sweep the Cowboys, then you're talking about a 12-5 and five team. This is pretty good, guys. Okay? This schedule here, and again, I would have liked to have played the Packers sooner. I don't want Aaron Rodgers getting comfortable with his new wide receiving core, and by the time he gets down to week 12, they're pretty much going to have worked out a lot of things, and that offense will probably look a lot better. That's going to be a tough game. But remember, they lost people on the defensive side of the ball, and they also lost some guys in the O-line. That Packer team's kind of walked back a bit. Plus, you got Rodgers floating around whether or not he's going to play or not. I mean, all that other stuff playing into it. Sensational talent. That Packer game, I'm not sure what kind of Packer team's going to come back. So everything, in my opinion, is totally setting up here for the, for the Eagles this year to really have a great season. I was really encouraged. After you look at it, where they could be in these benchmark games. We're going to know, going Cardinals and Cowboys, pretty much who this team is by then. Because then you got the bye. Then you got the Steeler team with no quarterback coming out of that. Hey, Mitchell Trubisky, great. Okay. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky beats Jalen Hurts. Then guess what? We, we There's bigger problems on the Eagles than just talking about whether or not they're going to make the postseason. Eric O'Seals, do you honestly think this Eagle team can win 11 or 12 games? With this schedule, I do. With this schedule, I do. Okay? With this schedule, I do. No, smile. No. I think they're going to have a good season now. Hey, look, we, we've talked about all the things that Jalen Hurts needs to work on. Okay? We've talked about it. And we've talked about it enough. Let's go to work now. 
They've got the schedule. They've got the roster. Okay, we could sit around and bang on what Jalen has to do, how many yards he has to throw for, who gets involved, and all that stuff. Great. We all know that now. I've laid it out for you. Now it's time to go to work. All right. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. By the way, we're going to get a fan's perspective. My boy Philly 500 will be with us in hour number two at 4.30 Eastern time. This new nail rule is creating havoc and wreaking havoc in the college football seasons. And I think it's going to come up here big time here this coming season. And I think you're going to start to see a bigger separation of what's going to happen in college sports. You know, it's funny. Howie Roseman was talking the other day about wanting to get more Alabama guys. Well, when you have programs like Alabama, LSU, Notre Dame, I doubt Notre Dame goes down that line of paying kids in the nil rules. It's going to be interesting to see how Notre Dame handles that. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of guardrails some of these schools are going to try to put when it comes to these kids. And I would also say this to you, is the NCAA really going to put guardrails in where they have no jurisdiction in this? The United States Supreme Court, even Justice Roberts said that the NCAA has no right whatsoever in a million years to step in here and tell a kid name, image, and likeness on what he or she can't make off their name. But yet the NCAA wants to be involved in this to try to put some type of guardrails or try to put some type of barometers in here for them to be able to have to follow. All that being said, will the schools comply? You know, it's one thing to tell people publicly, this is what we want to do. It's another thing behind the scenes when boosters and people in the community are going to start paying some of these kids to come and play at Alabama. I think what's going to happen here is there's going to be a separate division eventually. What this new nil rule has done, you're going to see the haves and the have-nots. Let's just say this. Okay? Let's just say this. A school like Temple, we talked about this yesterday. A school like Temple has absolutely no chance in hell at winning a national championship. This new nil rule is going to create a separate division, I think. It's almost going to be like the Premier League. You know how the Premier League, if you you have to have a certain amount of wins or get this, you get knocked down in a lower division. And I think college football, because right now the Southeastern Conference is the Premier League of college sports. They are the Premier League. They have the money, the exposure, Look at how much money they pay assistant coaches. You want to know why all the great players are going to Alabama? Because they're getting coached by the greatest assistant coaches in the country. Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach for the Eagles, was hired from Nick Saban's collection of coaches. Mario Cristobal was hired from Oregon from Alabama. He was the O-line coach. Carl Dunbar is the defensive line coach with the Steelers. He was the D-line coach at Alabama. And I think you're going to start to create different divisions here. And a friend of mine who I love, and I just love reading him, he is Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports, covers college football. And Dennis, thanks so much for doing this. Dennis, this nil, this nil rule, good or bad for college sports? Uh, I think it's long overdue, but, you know, that's a discussion 
way beyond me because we've we've gone, we've gone so far since July first of last year when it when it came in that uh, it's uh, my stuff happened today that my head is still spinning. Um, less than a week from the NCA putting its foot down uh, and saying it's going to enforce its rules basically in regards to boosters, there are states out there now, right now in their state laws, NIL, allowing booster interactions. And the last time I checked, state law trumps NCA rules. So it's, it's, it's here to stay. How about this, Dennis? It's one thing for the NCAA to throw out guardrails and give barometers and how and, you know, parameters on how you can work inside these. It's another thing for the colleges to sit there and enforce these. I mean, it, you know, it, basically what I'm saying to you is, yeah, great. I'll say it publicly, but behind the scenes, I'm going to do everything I can to use this nil rule to recruit. Do you think these schools will comply with what the NCAA is trying to put down? Well, uh, that's a multi-layered question. The, the schools themselves are a lot of them are reaching out for direction. Uh, the compliance offices—they don't know what's wrong and what's right. There's another element to this that has nothing to do with the schools, and you know that. The boosters, the third parties, the collectives who have an incredible influence over the whole thing, and they're just trying to you know, match their agenda, whatever that is. At, at Texas, there's a collective that is ready to launch because Texas wasn't very good in the offensive line last year. Every offensive lineman through this uh, collective is going to get $50,000 in Texas. And I mean anybody who suits up, who puts a jock on in the offensive line. I think it's still supposed to launch August. 50 grand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And that that raised flags with me because it was position-specific. You know, we're not talking about trying to get the best players. We're talking about trying to affect the whole position and whether it works or not, we'll see. I mean, my, my answer to this whole thing is in two or three years, we won't even be talking about it because the market will set itself just like it did with, just like it does with coaching salaries, just like it does with grocery store baggers salaries. They, the money will not be as big as it is. The people that are involved will not be throwing the money around because they won't get their return on investment. Not all of these guys are going to pan out. I feel confident saying that. And so when they're just throwing money away, I think the market will reset itself. Can you imagine Deion Sanders and Michael Irvin and Brian Bosworth during my – I told people this, Dennis. If this nil rule was in effect when I was at the University of Miami – I'd have a pizzeria. I'd own a golf course. I'd have a car dealership. I mean, I think what this is going to do and where I'm going with that is I could see another division being created because of the amount of money that certain programs have. Like I was mentioning this, Alabama. Do you think you think Temple has a chance of competing against Alabama? Absolutely not for the same athletes because of what you just said. Could you see college sports going into a point where Miami's, USC's, the Texas's, Oklahoma's, where there's just like a, a premier league of college football because those teams truly have the chance to compete against one another where we know San Diego State doesn't? Well, let's wade through that one at a time. Number one, Temple didn't have a chance before this. <laughs> Temple didn't have a chance 20 years ago. Temple didn't have a chance 30 years ago. 
And in regards to Miami, it's happening before our eyes. You know that. John Ruiz is paying those football players a total of over half a million this year, 17 players at last count. Uh, Nigel Pack, the, the basketball guard, is getting $800,000. Isaiah Wong is getting something close to that, the other guard. And, yeah, I mean, and then that's a separate question about the breakaway. Yeah, I, I, I think it's already happened in, um, in subjective terms. The SEC and Big Ten are in the process of separating. It used to be group of five, power five. Now it's the Big Two and everybody else. By the end of the month, uh, it looks like the Big Ten is going to sign a billion-dollar contract. Not total billion dollars, billion dollars per year. And so those schools will be making, on average, $71 million a year for staging college sports. That's a, that's a pretty good budget for a Fortune 500 company. So that's going to happen. Whatever they say uh, is going to go. And if you don't like it, you don't have to play with them. So in regards to your last question, yeah, it looks like it's going to be, I don't know, 30, 50, 80 schools who are who have that mentality that want to play that way. How about this, Dennis? You're going to like this. So John Marie's reached out to me, and he's reached out to a couple of the media guys, right? And he goes, how would you like to help me recruit? And I go, I go, what does that mean? He goes, you know what he's trying to do now? He's trying to get the media guys, because there's a lot of Miami media guys, to help like do what kind of Colin Coward is doing on his show so, subtly, not not so much what John's asking, to try to sit there and put propaganda. Look, I'm going to promote Miami. You know that as well as anybody. But he's trying to get this network built up of media people and mm-hmm. I just don't know where this is going to end and what kind of parameters we're going to see in this. And you think it will settle itself eventually and there'll be some type of legislation come in that will be effective. My question would also be, well, Justice Roberts said these kids have every right to make name, image, and likeness. You can't be setting parameters around these kids. I'm just wondering how this is going to get funneled in to at least looking somewhat decent and fair. Well, uh, you're looking at it. Uh, Mike Ray said it this week at the ACC spring meetings to Notre Dame basketball coach. And Steve Sarkeesian said it last week at the Big 12 spring meetings in Phoenix. Adapt or die. Get used to it. Because legally, in general, there's no way to fight back on this. The NCAA, when they lost Olsen case, and you just referenced that, basically put themselves on the sideline as, as to being able to enforce the collegiate model. You know what was heartening for me when I went to the games last fall and it didn't make a darn bit of difference. When I got to the games and I was in four field stormings last year on the field, uh, getting, you know, doing my job. Those people didn't give a flip whether there was NIL or not. The game hadn't changed. So my question, and I've started saying this 20 years ago, somebody has to tell me what the number is. How much money do these guys make? Before you stop watching, you stop going, you stop buying the gear, you stop getting season tickets. And I keep saying we now have proof in real time that number is huge because it hasn't hurt the game at all. No, it it, it hasn't. couple last questions for you here. I want to get your thoughts on coaching changes. Do you really, you know, and I say this about Lincoln Riley in all respect. I'm not sure what Lincoln Riley has won at Oklahoma in a conference that I don't know really has a lot of star power in it. 
any longer the Big 12. He's now in the Pac-12. There's really, what, Utah, Oregon, UCLA's fairly decent, Stanford's somewhat good. I mean, what kind of impact do you truly think that he has on USC? Is it more about keeping the kids in the Los Angeles area there and that will be what will change Southern Cal? How do you see his impact there? It's everything. I don't have to tell you how much USC has struggled. And this was the home run of home runs. This was the best person available on the board. Uh, they got a guy who – how many coaches are there who are 55 and 10 the last five years, been to three playoffs, and been part of five consecutive conference championships? There aren't many. Uh, yeah, criticism about him making Oklahoma a stepping stone, but that's – you know, he doesn't care about that. Oklahoma fans still do. And I think they'll be fine with Brent Venables. But this is the home run, whether it works or not. Um, but this gives them the best chance. There's a larger story here, and it's much larger, whether USC or Lincoln Riley admits it or not. The future of the Pac-12 as a major conference is riding on their backs. There are four, four new coaches in the Pac-12 this year. and It's not insignificant that Washington is there, Oregon is there, Washington State. But USC is the flagship. And right now with Lincoln Riley, they've got the best chance of going forward and saving the Pac-12. He's right or wrong. He's gone all in on the transfer portal roster. And I think that's one of the biggest things going forward for coaches, roster management, uh, roster turnover, roster improvement year to year. Sometimes it's in the year. And that's what he's done. Uh, I don't have to tell you about Caleb Williams. He's got him. He's in the running for Jordan Addison, the Pittsburgh receiver. And if all we're having is a discussion about ethics and tampering, which I, I, I don't know if that's even going on. I, I, I had an NCA person tell me, you know, we don't prosecute it that often because you can't define it, but you can't prove it. So whatever's going on there is going on at every major college in the country. These coaches are hypocrites. They talk about, oh, we've got to have some way to rein this in. Then stop taking in recruits or stop taking in transfers because they're all doing it. Um, so I think, I, I think it's the biggest story of the offseason. And it bears watching, and it's going to bear watching in future years. Mario Cristobal's impact on the U. Huge. Uh, Miami decided to go all in to basically become an SEC program. And I mean that in the best possible way. They threw money at the problem. Uh, you know, they're paying Mario $80 million over 10 years. They're improving facilities. Mario's getting players. He's recruiting like a madman. He's a great recruiter. Uh, they're going to be, they were going to be pretty good regardless. But now that Clemson has left the door open, and until further notice, that door is definitely open. I think Miami's got a chance to step in. You know what, Dennis? I, I had Mario on um, a couple months ago, and I asked him, I go, how did Phil Knight get you? How did you get away from Phil Knight? And it wasn't so much... Obviously, the $8.5 million yeah. was going to obviously be dangled out there. But he said the assistant coaching salaries, that's where Miami has always been nowhere in the room with the SEC coaches because they were paying like only $200,000, 250 300 tops. And many of those assistants, once they got a name, they would leave and use Miami job for a stepping stone. The coordinators down there now are making a million too. So, I mean, they've really stepped up the money now when it comes to the assistant coaches. And I think that's going to be 
the biggest impact with that story there. Brian Kelly, I never thought I'd ever say this in my life, and I'm wondering what you think. I never thought I'd ever see Notre Dame as a stepping stone job, and Brian Kelly turned it into one. At at Notre Dame? Yeah. Well, unlike um, Lincoln Riley, he did stay there 12 years. He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Only Newt Rockney has stayed there longer. So I wouldn't exactly call that a stepping stone. I, I'd call that, you know, job well done. Played for one national championship, uh, went to two playoffs two of the last four years. And look, at the end of the day, I think even he admits the relationship had worn out, for whatever that means. And yeah, the money's the money, um, you know, $95 million over 10 years. But but think about this. He's a heck of a third choice. He was hired two days after Lincoln Riley was announced at USC. We now know from reporting that Jimbo Fisher was offered $13 million a year to take that job. So not not bad for Brian Kelly. And I went and visited him uh, during the week of the Final Four, and he's completely at ease. He's amazed. At a place like Notre Dame, even he's amazed at the resources they have at LSU to the point that he started ripping Notre Dame. You know, we don't have a training table, all that stuff. Uh, be that as it may, uh, you know, two questions for me. Does he know what he's getting into? Because it's a different animal down there. You know that. Even different from the rest of the SEC. Forget about SEC culture. There's an LSU culture. And sooner or later, he's going to find out. Sort of like, I guess, Notre Dame. Ten wins isn't nearly enough at that place. It isn't. It's not. And they, they want it right now. Uh, so we'll see what form that takes. Finally here, Notre Dame, Georgia again, or excuse me, Alabama, Georgia again. Yeah. I mean, I think those two will be in it. I think Ohio state will be a third. I'm really having a hard time picking a team. That's they'll be good enough to be in there at, at fourth. Oklahoma's favored to win the big 12, but they've changed coaches. I don't, you know, I, I think a lot of Baylor and Dave Aranda, but I don't think they're going to win the league. Clemson, no. I don't think Miami's quite ready. Um, you know, Notre Dame coming off a coaching change, again, with a first-time head coach who's 38 years old. I can't bring myself. So I think that four, the, the three, to me, are wrapped up. Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. It's going to be really interesting to see that fourth. Is. Absolutely. Dennis, it is always awesome catching up with you. Thank you so much for taking your time out of the day to do this. You know how much I love college football and this nil rule, I kept saying, I tell people all the time, Big Sills Pizzeria would have looked good in Fort Lauderdale and down in the Keys. I'd have been out there, man. Oh, my God, man. I I, I would have took a pay cut when I got – well, then again, I took a pay cut anyway. That's for, an, that's <laughs> another, for another no, time. Another Dennis, <laughs> thank you, my friend. Thanks, Danny. You got it. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. Yeah, I took, I took a pay cut anyway. Oh, good, man. All right, please hit the like button. Guys. I got something for Ben Simmons when we come out of the timeout here. I got a little comment I want to make about him. Trust me, you'll want to hear it. I've, I, I've got a comment for him. By the way, Morgan and Morgan, the fee is free, folks. Listen, if you're hurt or injured on the job, this is the firm that you need to hire, the biggest law firm in the United States when it comes to protecting you and your family's rights when it comes to getting the fair compensation. That's right. Morgan & Morgan, for the people, it's not just a saying. With over 800 attorneys and their army of attorneys in Philadelphia, New York, Florida, all across the country, 
For the last 30 years, this law firm has collected over $13.5 billion for their clients. You could also benefit from having the biggest law firm in the world right now helping you get your fair compensation. And as I tell you, for the people, it's not just a saying. It's who they are. All right. The call is free. 800-512-1600. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. You got to remember, when you call Morgan & Morgan, no case is a small case. It's not a fender bender. This is what Morgan & Morgan is. 800-512-1600. Tell them Big Sill sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. For the people.com. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story on action search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back. National Football Show. Please hit the like button on this Friday the 13th. Appreciate that. By the way, fan response, Philly 500, 4.30 Eastern time. Eagle schedule dropped last night. We're going to hit on it with him, and we'll get his perspective on what he looks at it as. You know, I saw something on the Internet, and I, I, I know, you know, look, Twitter, social media, it's become an avenue for people like me because I read everything. And when I saw Ben Simmons last night liking a rip that Skip Bayless had towards the 76ers and the criticism that Embiid and Doc and everybody had towards Harden and everything, and Ben Simmons is liking tweets. He's also with a picture of the Sixers getting bounced by the Heat. Can I say something to you here? You're not going to hear this anywhere else except here. So Ben Simmons has the balls to rip the 76er organization and their fans who was very good to them. They were very good to them. And I mean, Ben Simmons, his family, everyone. And for him to do that, I'm going to say this. You know, Ben, I'll tell you what, dude. Here's a personal note for you. So you're taking pot shots now at the Sixers and their fans and the organization, and then you turn around and you hide behind mental health. You will never get that avenue with me ever again in your life. I don't give a shit about your mental health. See what people do? They take these pot shots at people, then they turn around and hide behind mental health. Well, yeah, you know, I'm you know, not feeling it. Sixers, you can kiss my ass. And oh, yeah, you know, dude, sorry, dude. This guy hides behind mental health. Uses it as an excuse. I, I, I don't feel one bit of sorrow for this guy now. Before, I kind of gave him the pass. Because, you know, if you have mental health, you kind of are going to go into a, your own situation and you're going to try to deal with things and you're going to try to deal things personally or with people trying to help you taking shots at the 76ers and taking shots and using social media to take shots at people. Okay. Then he hides behind mental health. You see, that's the beautiful thing about what we do here. You can't say that on the radio because your program director would go in there and go, you know, there's people struggling with mental health. Well, yeah, that guy ain't it. People who struggle with mental health are working day to day, 24 seven. Trust me when I tell you on their own personal situation and not giving a shit about people around them. When you've got mental health issues, I'm not giving a shit about the 76ers and what they're doing, whether or not they get bounced or not by the heat. I'm worrying about my own, my own life and getting my life and picking up the pieces and moving forward. That's a guy that's focused on making a wrong, a right in Brooklyn. That's right. Nuts. Everything's mental health today. But then you turn around and you shit on someone. And then, yes, get this. Because we're in such a woke society and a soft society today, people hide behind that. And then you know what? You get people, liberals and conservatives, 
that will kind of shy away from that. Ben Simmons is a loser. There's no other. There's you. We could sit here and bang on James Harden. At least James Harden showed up. I'm going to say the Sixers won the deal. At least the guy plays. Albeit, it's not the same James Harden from Houston. At least the guy showed up. And not sitting at a bar or at his buddy's house or his girlfriend's house, shitting on the Sixers or shitting on the Rockets or whoever. Dude, wrong, man. That's okay. Hey, Jeremiah, prove it. That guy will never be a winner because he looks for people to make excuses on his own failures. The fastest way, you know, you know what the best way, hey, I won't lie to you. I've struggled with mental health issues. Depression's an issue at times. Okay, but you know what I do? I don't sit around blaming anybody. I look at the own, my own shit in my life. Okay, my own stuff in my life, and I try to make it right. I try to do the best I can. And first and foremost, it's about taking care of me, not worrying about my former team or my former boss. My former bosses who have taken shits on me, I don't care. God bless them. Hope they all. That's my new way of doing it. Hey, good luck to you, man. You feel you got to be that guy? That's on you now. That ain't on me. Because you have nothing to do with me. See, Ben Simmons should be saying this. Sixers have nothing to do with my life anymore. Zero. The only thing I know about Philadelphia now is I got to show up there once a year and play a game. Other than that, I don't care. (laughs) Hiding behind mental health. And pissing on the Sixers getting bounced. He was happy that Philly got bounced. You know, I'd be all right with that if the guy got traded and Philadelphia treated him like shit. They did everything in their power, man. And Bede actually had to deal with that guy quitting on him. Pretty crazy, man. That's right, William. Simmons doesn't want any accountability for himself. You know what, too? You know how you guys, I'll tell you one thing. You know one thing you guys have said about Jalen Hurts? Can I say this to you that we are all in agreement with? Jalen Hurts takes accountability for himself. That's how that kid was schooled, seems to me. His successes and his failures will be at his feet. Guys like Ben Simmons are people that put failures of their own on your doorstep. It's your fault. You did this. It, 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 it's, it's fear of failure. It's fear of failure. I've realized that after all the years of competing, doing sports talk, and being involved in media, people who do that and place blame at others, okay, they're, they're afraid of failure. They don't like to confront failure. Because confronting failure means that you didn't succeed at something, and some people can't handle failure. Shit, man, you're going to fail more times in your life. I, I tell my daughter that all the time. I said this, the greatest thing about baseball is it's the greatest example of success and failure at the same time. Think about this, for instance. Ty Cobb has the greatest batting average in the history of Major League Baseball for a lifetime at 367. So basically, 64% of the time, Ty Cobb failed at the plate. 
Think about that. And he's a legend. 64% of the time, Ty Cobb, the greatest hitter in baseball history for batting average, succeeded only 36% of the time at the plate. Baseball is the greatest example of this. Look at baseball today. You could fail 75% of the time at the plate and you could make $5 million a year. It's crazy. My daughter looked at it like that. She's like, wow. I said, hey, guy hits 250, 25 home runs, 70 RBIs. He'll make $5, $10 million in baseball. He failed 75% of the time in games. Yeah. It's how you look at success. But first and foremost, you have to deal with your own failures. Guys like that can't. Then they turn around and hide behind mental health. What a loser. What a loser. And he shits on the Philadelphia fans, organization. And by the way, I, I, I hit on them. And there's, there's no question. There's a lot of failure in that organization. I agree. But you're telling me you've got mental health issues? Dude, deal, deal that with yourself. Sitting around gloating that the Sixers got bounced. What a absolute, my aunt wasn't watching. I'd be saying something even dirtier. D-Train, you can't enjoy happiness without knowing sadness. The heat without the cold, winning without failure. Life is hard, but struggles makes us appreciate the easy times. D-Train, well said. Not only that, D-Train, but the journey you're on. Life's a journey, man. Life is a journey. It's how you see yourself with people around you. Simmons is the kind of guy that shits on people around him because he blames people around him. D-Train, that's well done, man. Well done, dude. Well done. And again, first hour, the owner of the Sixers should be ashamed of himself with the culture that he has. I completely understand and I agree. Okay? Completely. But to sit there and see a guy like that who cries behind mental health and basically lies about it, oh, my back. So wait a minute. Your own, your own failures make your back hurt. That's a new one. Carson Wentz can't wait for the Eagle game. I want to hit on that. Hit the like button. My boy, Philly 500, we're going to go over the schedule, get a fan's look at it. That's all in hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Two National Football Show. It's your boy Big Sales. Please hit the like button. Man, that was a fast first hour. We really appreciate it on this Friday the thirteenth. My boy Philly five hundred will join us. We're going to go over the schedule with him. That'll be at the bottom of the hour, four thirty Eastern time. Um, I'm going to give you my May thirteenth Super Bowl favorites. Tell me if you agree or disagree. I'm not going to break it down scientifically right now. Just from what I've seen in the offseason here, I got the Buffalo Bills and the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, is there a better team in the NFC right now than the Rams? Probably the Buccaneers are right there. Okay, Bucks and Rams. Buffalo, is there a better roster in the AFC than the Buffalo Bills? Okay. Is there a better roster in the NFL than the Bills? Okay. My prediction, Brady makes his way back and wins number eight. Bucks are right there. But let's take a look at this. So the Rams beat them at SoFi. The Rams beat them. In Tampa, the Rams win a Super Bowl. Explain to me um, what else you need to know about the Rams having the Buccaneers number. Okay? I mean, they've beaten them. They've beaten them. The first one was pretty substantial at SoFi. Then they turn around and they beat them in their own barn. And Stafford... Throws that pass the cup down the sidelines or in the middle of the field, I should say. Brady did everything he could to get that team. And by the way, the Rams were blowing them out for about three quarters. And Brady let them back. Now, war of attrition, and it's May. Okay. But it is Bucks and Rams. I think in the NFC. 
I think the rest of the teams in the NFC, including the Eagles, I think they're kind of in that second tier, maybe the Packers and Niners. I think it goes like this. I think it goes like this in the NFC. I think it goes Bucks and Rams and then Niners and Packers. And then it's the rest of them. Cowboys, Eagles, Cardinals. I think it's like three tiers. Don't, I'm talking winning teams that have a chance to take the NFC title. Now, again, injuries, guys performing well, guys playing great. Hey, and by the way, Jalen Hurts starts playing even better than what he did a year ago. Who knows? Because quite frankly, watch this. If Hurts puts in a better season and everything that we're saying now because of A.J. Brown being added, say he does throw for 4,200 yards. Then we're talking about a whole different thing, and the Eagles climb up into that Niner and Packer range. But right now, they're in Tier 3. They're not better than the Niners and the Packers. You have not shown one inkling, and off-season acquisitions doesn't mean success on the field. You should know that better than anybody when they brought that whole crew in years ago in Philly. Just because you bring dudes in, that doesn't always translate. Look at Daniel Snyder. How many times did he bring guys in to Washington and they shit the bed every year? How many times we watch New England not have anybody and they win Super Bowls? Okay? Well, Chris, five or six, that's just what I said kind of in a way. You know what I mean? You got two at the top, two at the bottom, and then the rest of them. And that's kind of exactly what you're saying and what I'm saying. I think we're, they're down there. Okay, five and six, sure. They're down there with the Cowboys, Cardinals, and the rest of that group. Sure. But the Vikings being that tier three, yeah, I want to see them do it because their last two years, they have been terrible when it comes to production in the win-loss column. Okay. So, so wait a minute. W two goes. Here's the what bashing. You think you're better than the Bucks and Rams? Bashing. I just said you may have a better year than the quarterback had a year ago, and he may, may elevate that team into being the 49ers and the Packers. I think he got shit in your ear sometime, people. You did say better roster. Doesn't always translate into W's and L uh, wins. Vikings over Cowboys? Maybe. Xander likes him as a dark horse. I, I like that Vikings offense. I think the Vikings have a good offense. The Eagles offense has improved also with the additions. Chargers and Bengals, a wild card to make the Super Bowl. From the AFC, boy, I love the acquisitions of the Chargers. My God almighty, man, they've added free agents, pass rushers, re-signed guys, drafted well. Man, Tom Telesco's done a hell of a job. Seals, we're better than everyone on paper. No, you're not. You're better than the Bucks and the Rams. Really? Where do you? What position do you think you're better than the Buccaneers? How about this? Five-star. Let's do it. What position do you think you're better than the Buccaneers at? You don't have a better defense. You have a tick better O-line. They've got a better running backs core. They've got a better wide receiving core. 
and their quarterback's the GOAT. Sorry, dude. That's not true. But just because you have that five-star doesn't mean the Bucks are going to run through the tape. I'm talking on May 13th. Bucks are getting older, Paul. That could be a factor this year, Paul. That's why on May 13th, I've got Bills and Rams. We got time to bash Big Sills when the Eagles are four and six. I, I, I don't, with that schedule, I don't see the Eagles being four and six. Better kicker. Yeah, I mean, that's an even greater point right there. What, what Smile just said. Brady destroyed your defense a year ago. Now, to Kobe Dean, Hassan Reddick, it's a different group for sure. Push. Yeah. Worst segment of my life yesterday. <laughs> hey, worst segment of my life. Xander was laughing the whole segment going, dude, why are you doing this? <laughs> I, I, hey, I get it. Oh, right. I never said four and six. I hell, I say an eight and two. I never said four and six. That's right. Pasca, I, I think you're right. Seven and two, six and three could be your start as you get into week 10 when you get that second Washington game. Absolutely. I agree. We do not have. Yeah, but. Sec, I want to say something about that. And you guys keep talking, and everybody keeps bringing up the cornerback position. Kaiser White, too. Thank you, Eric. Um, you think there's every you think every football team in the NFL is perfect? There's not one. The Bills, I think, are the closest. Okay. Nathan, I think the Bills, man. I think the Bills have the best roster in the league. And now that they get this kid Cook to take some of the rushing away from Josh Allen, and if they can get that thing going, man, holy cow. Okay, so get this. Zaner just said this. And by the way, you may see this kid. Remember I told you the other day? Three wide receivers out there, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham. Looks like Jarvis Landry to the Saints. So you'll have Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Jarvis Landry as your offensive attack with Jameis Winston, who threw for 5,000 yards two years ago, three years ago, and was 5-1 and one when he got hurt and was actually with a better quarterback rating than Tom Brady when he went down. Smile. Is that is that where Olave went? He went to the Saints too? Xander, did Olave go to the Saints? I forgot that. Did, did he go to the Saints as well? You got Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Jameis Winston. That Saints game just became interesting. 
you, you know, that relationship with Mickey Loomis, the general manager, and the organization with Michael Thomas, Xander thinks they may move Michael Thomas. Man, I, I, I mean, why would you move a guy who is a 100-catch guy a year and know that you have a quarterback that you're trying to get back up and running again. It reminds me of getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. You're trying to put assets around a young quarterback. I mean, okay, is it salary cap? Because they have salary cap hell issues. Okay, I'll tell you this: you want to put Michael Tom, you want to put Michael Thomas, um, on the Eagles. I'm in. <laughs> you put Michael Thomas on the Eagles, I'm in. I'll take Michael Thomas. Wow. Olave to New Orleans, Jarvis Landry, and then on the other side of that, you've got Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Guys, please hit the like button. Thank you, Nuts. Thank you so much. Woo, not sold on Winston, those sales. He does turn the ball over. But, Zach, follow me here a little bit. Follow me a little bit here on that. I think it had more to do with Bruce Arians' offense. No risk it, no biscuit. Bruce loves those plus 25 plays. You got a higher percentage of turnovers when you're going plus 25. So you're going to see more turnovers in a Bruce Arians old school offense. Brady was the one that started doing intermediate passing and dumps to the Brady's made a career dumping to his backs and, and throwing into the slot. Brady's won all of those Super Bowls with, with doing what? Screen passes, slot, field goal kicking. Brady is the greatest patient quarterback. This is something that Jalen's going to have to learn. What makes, what makes Brady great? You think Brady's the most accurate guy of all time? He's one of really a truly great group of guys who's accurate. You think Brady's got the greatest arm of all time? Not really. What's Brady's greatest asset as a quarterback? You know what it is? The strategy of the game. Brady has no more talent. He's not more talented than Aaron Rodgers. He's not more talented than Steve Young. He's not more talented than some of the great athletic guys that we've seen play the position. He's just not. But Brady and how he sees the game, situational play calling, I call it. This guy, when he comes to the line of scrimmage, Tom Brady knows exactly at all times where to throw the ball. His understanding, and by the way, what's also Brady's greatest Friend, the punt. Didn't get it. Let's kick it. Let's see. That was Wentz's biggest mistake. I gotta make a play. Gotta make a play. Sack fumble. Team picks the ball up, kicks a field goal, throws a touchdown. You're down seven. You're down seven. Brady's Brady will go down as the greatest. Game plan quarterback of all time. He just knows where to go with the ball. He just knows what to do with the ball. And he'll throw it away. He'll punt. 
he'll kick a field goal. Hell, that first part of Brady's career, Adam Vinatieri was as important as any other player on that team. How many championships did Adam Vinatieri account for for that dynasty run when they first got it going? Brady would get the ball to midfield. They'd kick a field goal. Vinatieri would kick it through. And then when he retired, he retired the all-time points guy in the history of the league. Dink and dunk. That's right, nuts. He, that's right. Yale, Brady never forces anything. He'd rather throw it away. Punt. He's so patient. That's one thing Jalen has to understand as he's getting better too. Dude, you got a couple three and outs? Special teams has got to be big this year on the – that's why when we were crying for a punter, the Eagles special team this year has to be good early in the year. Why is that? Well, as they're working all these other points in and all these people in, and they're working on throwing the ball more, you're going to see a few more three and out early, and they're going to have to be patient. Don't lose your patience as a fan base either. And Sirianni can't you – know, you know what? I'll tell you this. Okay? I'll tell you something that I think Patrick Mahomes struggled at early in the year last year. I think because they didn't have a number two on the other side of Tariq Hill, he didn't like the dink and dunkin'. He didn't like the dink and dunkin', dink and dunkin', dink and dunkin'. He likes the big play. And he was getting out of his patience, and he lost his patience. That's how I think Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. They were more patient. As a staff, sit back. Hey, you may have to win a game in the 58th minute of the game or maybe even in the 59th minute of the game. Brady knows this. Most games are 60-minute ball games because of the complacency that you see a lot in the league, or I should say the balance that we see in the league, that you know you're going to have to play a 58 58- – Dude, very seldom do you have a game where you've wrapped it up 45 minutes into the game. It's over. How many games do you see like that? You don't. You know you're going to play 55 minutes minimum. And most of these games are going to come down. You know what the point differential is for wins and losses in the NFL? Three points. Why wouldn't you not think you had to be patient and play 58 minutes, 59 minutes of ball games for you to come out with the wins? The great teams figure out how to win in the end. William Ray Guy was a game changer. That's one of the reasons that the Raiders were so dynamic. Change field position on you. If you're down inside your own 10-yard line, Ray Guy kick a 65-yard punt and stick you down in a coffin corner punt, and you're down on your own five. <laughs> you're like, how did we get why did this happen? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Zach. Do you still think the Saints offense will be as good? Zach, it's a great comment because I don't know who the play caller is. I don't know who Dennis Allen is going to have as the play caller. Look, you can have this, Zach. You can have the same playbook. Doug, P- Hey, Doug Peterson with the playbook, Nick Sirianni with the playbook. You think there's going to be nuanced differences and how you approach a game. Hell, there's going to be nuances in how you approach third down or third and two, third and one. There's going to be 
there's going to be all different types of ways on how you see a sequence of plays. You can have the same plays written down. These great offensive coordinators, Andy Reid's got a feel for the game. Andy Reid does not have a feel for personnel. He's got a feel for the game, the flow of a game. Some of these coordinators, I think Bruce Arians did too a little bit. I think he had a feel for it. Yeah, man, I wanted that kid from San Diego State to D-train. I think he would have been a great asset to especially what the Eagles are trying to do. Randall and Beck, I'm sorry I had to take care of my what? Hey, man, all good, man, on a Friday. Take care of business. Come on back, man. I love that. D-train, I, you know what? I think if I had to say this, D-train, about Andy Reid, I would say this. Man, his, his timeout management. I don't know about clock management, but his timeouts going into a half and going into an end of a game and how he uses that, like the le- two minutes into a half and two minutes at the end of the game. You know who sometimes he reminds me of? You guys remember a guy by the name of Mike Martz? You know, I asked Mike, Mike Martz was not a believer in like timeouts or anything. He challenged flags or this and that. I didn't think he was always that great with time management going into halves and then two minutes left in a ball game. He did take a team to the Super Bowl, and he was the offensive coordinator for Kurt Warner when they were with the Rams. So, but I I, I just, I never thought he was really great with his clock. Okay? I, I just, I never really thought he was really great with it. And sometimes I see the same thing with, 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 with Andy Reid. Saints need an LT. They do. They ended up sending him to the Dolphins. How do you think Reed would be with the Eagles now? Patient. Jesse, it's a great take. Do you think he could take? How about this? Jesse, I like that. Do you think Andy Reed could take Jalen Hurts as far as he took Donovan McNabb to a Super Bowl? I like that. Could Andy Reid take Jalen Hurts to a Super Bowl? G Meta lives in Southern California. I know him well, actually. It says yes. You think Andy Reid could take that Eagle team they have right now to a Super Bowl? Damn, which reunion game are you most intrigued with? Uh, me, it's Washington. It's Washington. I, 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 by the way, I got a hit on that with uh, Carson Wentz. But it's it's Washington. I, I, I want to see what the Eagles had and what the Eagles have. See, that's the storyline in that game. It's what the Eagles had and what the Eagles have. These are two Philadelphia Eagle quarterbacks. Will always be considered that. And does Wentz roll? Hey, because remember something. I'll tell you, a revenge, a revenge quarterback is like when Trent Dilfer went into Tampa Stadium and beat the Giants and won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. 
that was an in-your-face moment. Okay? Or Doug Williams winning a Super Bowl with the Washington Commanders in San Diego and beating Denver. And Culverhouse didn't want to pay him the money. Okay? Nuts, thank you, man. Hey, by the way, everybody has made it so that the like button, you guys have hit it. We've hit 100 almost every – I can't remember when we haven't. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. If we had Westbrook right now, it would help Hurts tremendously. So, obviously, Dan Meta, you don't really believe in Miles Sanders, and that's why we talked yesterday a little bit about it. Miles Sanders, um, he's going into the final year of his contract. And Miles Sanders – um, is probably not going to be renewed. And he's probably not going to have it. So he's probably not going to. All right. I've got to get my I've got to get my boy's perspective on this here now. Yo. Only 500 joins us now. Hey, by the way, before we get going, brother, I brought this up yesterday about Miles Sanders. He's going into the mm-hmm. final year of his contract. Yeah. You think Howie re-signs him at 9.575? That's that's <laughs> that that right there though is the franchise tag. If you were to right. tag him. So that's kind of the market price for a top flight running back. How do you think they handle Miles Sanders as he goes through his final season? I think Miles is going to have a really good year, but I still think that they're going to let him walk. I, I do. I, I just I, I just can't see them paying that much for a running back. I, I think you can get a running back other places, you know. So I, my guess is that they let him walk, but we'll see. We'll see. I think I think he's going to have a shot at a really good year. And I, you know what? If he is healthy, I, I hate to do this, but I I could see eleven hundred yards out of that. Yeah, because of that offensive line, especially if Jalen's playing better. Yeah, I, I I like Miles. Do you know he still averaged five and a half yards a carry last year? Like, it's str- all the struggles and stuff, he still was averaging five and a half yards a carry. So if, if, if this guy stays healthy, I think he could be a 1,200-yard running back. I really do. But he's always dinged up, you know? What would you make of the schedule that you see for 2022? I, I, I love his schedule. I, I think it worked out great for the Eagles. Um, I, I, you know, I look at the schedule and I go, who – who do I know on this schedule definitely is going to beat the Eagles? Like, maybe you can say Green Bay, you want to argue. Maybe they have a hard time in, the, in Indianapolis. Maybe Tennessee. But to me, I don't I don't think it's it's impossible for this team to win between 11 and 13 games. Right? And, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. Like, I'm not, I'm not being biased. I really think that the schedule is not that bad for them at all. How about this? Do we agree from week 10 to week 13? This is probably the most difficult part of the schedule here because it's Washington, Colts, Packers, and Titans. Those yeah. four games right there, we're pretty much going to know what kind of football team they are because, I, like you said, I could see them going into the Washington game. I could see them being 8-2, and 7-1. and one. I mean yeah. – they could go into that gauntlet of games. That's the hardest part of the schedule. Do you agree? 
Agreed. 100%. I, I totally agree. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And even those teams, like they're playing Tennessee at home, like in December, I, I mean, I think they got a shot that game. I, I, I think they got a shot to go beat the Colts. Like there's nobody, like last year you looked at it and you saw Tampa Bay a loss. Kansas City, that's a loss. Like you knew there were losses on that schedule. And on this schedule, if the Eagles play their best, I, I think they're in every game, in every game. What is the game you want to see off of this schedule? What do you think Eagle fans are going to be looking more for? The Jags game? The Jags game with, with Doug? The Cowboys game at the link? Or the Wentz game? I would say, well, the Cowboys is always a big deal. Um I definitely think the Carson game at, at the link is going to be huge. I think that's the biggest one. However, I got to say, on the schedule, the Cowboys Christmas Eve in Dallas, you beat the hell of that team at Christmas and destroy all those people's Christmas is the greatest gift I could get. It's the greatest <laughs> gift. I want them. I want them to be miserable on Christmas. I want them miserable. You know what I mean? We gotta win that game. The link game, the link game with with Wentz and the Christmas Eve game for you because you want Dallas's Christmas destroyed. I want them the day before. I want them all upset and miserable, passing out presents, getting drunk, whatever the hell they're doing. I'm gonna be sitting back drinking eggnog, smoking a cigar. Greatest Christmas ever. You gotta win that game. That's that's my whole season right there. That game. I love Christmas. I love eggnog. I need <laughs> I need them to beat them. <laughs> you know? All right. Does Doug Peterson get a standing ovation? Xander thinks that Doug is going to get a standing ovation when he rolls. Now, did Andy Reid, the first time he rolled into the link, being in Kansas City, did you guys give him – by the way, thank I, you, Ray. Did, did, did they give Andy a standing O? I think they did. I, I can't remember 100%. But I'm pretty sure they did because when he left, it was like I think both sides, everybody felt like it was time. He was there what like 10, 11 years or something like that. I think he got a standing O. I, I do. I, I and I think Doug will get one too. And I think Doug should get one. I really do. Okay. The response the fans give Wentz on the tenth week of the season when he comes into the link. It's gonna be a mix. It's gonna be booze <laughs> and cheers. It's gonna be a mix. Because because you got some people who love Carson Wentz still. And, you know, they they look at it like if Carson Wentz never was on his team, we never win a Super Bowl. So there's going to be those people, and then there's going to be the people that, you know, feel like he bailed on the team. So I think you'll get a mix. I think I think you'll hear the boos, you'll hear some cheers, but all they'll report is the boos. That's all we'll hear about. Is he the most hated? Ex-Eagle of all time. Wow. Man, that's... How about this? Is he the most hated football player that will be going into Philadelphia and into the link of all time? Michael Irvin, all those guys that are holding in there. Is he the most hated football player? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say not the most hated, but maybe the most... By some people, most disliked Eagles player. I think I think Jason Babin could be up there for the Eagles. And then I'll tell you a guy I hated 
Phil McConkie of the Giants. I couldn't stand that guy. I could not stand that guy. I Phil hated McConkie. McConkie. <laughs> <laughs> that Phil guy drove McConkie. me nuts. Can yeah, you I hate Phil McConkie. No, I hate guy catch a two yard pass and, and then be cheering like he won the Super Bowl. Could not stand Phil McConkie. Most Cowboys. young guys don't know who that is, but. He's a former New York Giant wide Giant. receiver. Pain in the ass. <laughs> One thing I also like on this schedule here, the first four games of the year, okay? Lions, Vikings, yeah. Washington, Jags. Then you get this. Two benchmark games. Cards, then the Cowboys at the link. Then you got yeah. a bye. Then you got the Steelers. Look at how this is playing out here. Two points here on the schedule. So you're going to go Cowboys at home, bye. Then you're at home again against the Steelers. You're going to have three weeks at home getting yourself healthy again as you kick up the second half of the season. You're basically, yeah. in theory, going to be home for almost a month when you're in the yeah. middle, of the, middle of the schedule. That's got to wow. help, especially guys like Kelsey. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, that's great. Home for a month, and then you go into that that tough part where we're gonna we talked about earlier. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's huge, man. I don't even like. I, I'm telling you, this schedule. I love this schedule. This, this schedule. If Jalen Hurts is the guy, this team could be dangerous, man. They could be dangerous. Philly, do you get accused of being a hater on Jalen when you just start bringing up things he's got to improve on? I, I, I'm accused of being a Jalen Hurts hater, and I'm accused of being an apologist. I get accused mainly because when they drafted him, my reaction video to them drafting him wasn't good. I, I was not happy about it. Um, I agree. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do get accused. If, 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 if I say stuff like, well, he's got to prove it with his arm and stuff like that, I'll get people say, well, you know, Deshaun Watson doesn't have to prove it or Russell Wilson doesn't have to prove it. It's it's like, yeah, but those guys already did it. They already established themselves. Uh, but I do. Yeah, I get accused of it all the time. So, last question. Grade the schedule for you. Give me what you're looking at. You think between 11 and 13 games mm -hmm. and they win the NFC East. Yeah, I think, I think between 11 and 13 wins – I, I think they come out they, – they got to start at least 2-0, in my opinion. Um, but I think they win 11, 13 games. They win the division, and they win the first round of the playoffs. They win the first home game in the playoffs. And and then from there, we'll see. It's all about Jalen Hurts at that point. But that's what I think that they do. Well, I think we may be smoking cigars this year because <laughs> guess what I think oh, we yeah. should be doing? I think we light up a cigar – Every week they win, and we'll see how many you. cigars we smoke together here if they win. So during the season, when they win, we're going to light cigars on the air. Fair enough? I love it. Fair we'll enough. I said let's do it. Going. We'll, we'll get, get it all going here. Hey, have a great yes. weekend, Philly. I appreciate you, too, you doing my man. this, man. I thank uh, you, so thank you for having me on, man. Appreciate you. You bet, man. Philly 500 there. I never thought about that. Who is the most – is Wentz the most hated football player to come to Philadelphia? Oh, Carson had some comments for you. I want to hit on that. Please hit the like button. Hey, I'm telling you, Carson Wentz, 
I'm trying to think of another. Michael Irvin, did you hate Michael Irvin more than Carson Wentz? Did you? Okay. All right. Hey, I'll ask you that question. We come back out of the timeout. Don't forget my friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. If you're hurt or injured on the job, picking that attorney is going to be one of the most important things that you can possibly do for your family, getting that fair compensation for the people. This is not a slogan, friends. This is who they are and what they do. Last 30 years, my friends at Morgan & Morgan have collected over $13 billion worth of compensation for their clients. The army of attorneys, over 800 strong, 800 strong, and offices in Philly, New York, Florida, are there for you. They're the biggest casualty firm in the country protecting you, and this is what they do, and this is who they are. Look, the call's free, 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The consultation is free. They're there for you to get your family the fair compensation. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Big Sales sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. 
Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, Big Sills. Hit the like button. Almost at 100. Thank you, guys. Um, let me try to put myself in your South Philly world. Who would I hate coming into my building? I would freaking hate seeing Eli Manning. I wanted to punch him in his mouth. Every time I saw Eli Manning, I wanted to rip his head off. Oh, man, if I was an eagle, I'd want to kill that guy. I'd want to kill him. Oh, every time with that, with that Barney Five attitude, man, I'd want to kill that guy. It's something about Eli. I, Jesse, man, get this. I don't know. He, he's been so great. He's been so great for the Giants and win those two. So I, I know, man. Oh, man. Oh, Randall. I hate Romo, too, man. I want to kill that guy, too. If I, if I was in Eagle, Green, and White, I'd want to kill Tony. Would I want to kill Tony Romo more than probably? I want to kill Romo more than Eli. This is metaphorically, please. Don't get your panties in a bind. Oh, that's right. I'm not on radio anymore. You guys don't take it as serious as the radio executives do. I forgot. Thank you. That's I I, I checked myself. So let's move on. Um. Oh man, Tony Romo, man, I'd like to break his neck. Oh man, trick Tony Romo, just take him over my knee. Aikman, really? I think he would have been more Emmett. Oh, Tony Romo wins one playoff game. Oh, and by the way, so so um, Al Michaels is doing Thursday Night Football on Amazon with Kirk Herbstreet. Did Herbstreet even play pro ball? Jason Garrett? Eh, Jason Garrett's a bum. Sills, you're a basher. Oh, I am. Okay. This is going to go into Carson Wentz in a second. Who's more hated than Carson Wentz? Wentz comes into your building. Week 10. Is he on the Phillies most wanted list? Or the Eagles, excuse me. Ah, Phillies, Philly. Is he on the Philadelphia sports most wanted list. Tom Brady. Oh, Dak.
Who's more hated coming into the link this year, Dak or Carson? It's got to be Carson. Dak or Carson? Wait a minute. That's a great one. You guys don't care about Kirk Cousins. You think he's a bum anyway. You don't care about Trevor Lawrence. You care about Carson, though. Orlando Scandrick, man, he will not let up. Hey, Mike, that guy hates Howie Roseman. Yeah, man, my time at the Philadelphia Eagles, man, they sucked and I hated them, but I was really glad to be a cowboy. (laughs) You're like, okay. Orlando Scandrick, he hates you guys. That for me, easy. The most hated player to come back into Philly was Joe Jarvicious. After the NFC Championship game, he's right ahead of Jimmy Johnson calling Buddy fat. (laughs) Oh, man. Carson, but Prescott is full of himself. Oh, my God, Scangrick, he's a geek. He is, man. We hunted Wentz. Oh, we got to come up with a great, great angle on how we go after him that week 10 he throws Philly under the bus yell every chance he gets. He's butthurt. That's why. Dude, move on. You know, unlike Ben Simmons can't. Move on. You got paid. You played in a great organization. Just move that fun. Most sacks of the year coming on Wentz. So the human weapon, Hassan Reddick. Joe Jeravicious. You know, I had heard that story. I had heard that story that he, like, him, because I remember him in Tampa. John Gruden brought him, I, if I'm not mistaken, Drew, that was one of John Gruden's first moves, was bringing Jeravicious down to Tampa. After Dungey got fired, Gruden brought him in. I think so, man. I remember Jason Seahorn, onside kick, return for a TD. Go back to Wentz. <laughs> Go back to Wentz you came. <laughs> that's a great slogan. Oh, my God, man. That's a great one. The headline is for the Carson Wentz game. Wentz wines. Let's see. The crying game. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Dude, I know you guys, the Cowboy game, but, dude, the Cowboy game is big. But So Carson Wentz was asked a question on the NFL Network. He was asked a question on the NFL Network. What about the Eagle games? And he says, I'm tempering my excitement, you know, for those games. I know those games are going to matter, and those games are going to be awful big games for me. But I got to temper it. I think that's a lot for him. So he's looking forward to playing against the Eagles. Oh, God, this is like – know this – you could go back in Sports Illustrated history and they accuse Big Sills of doing this because 
What you know, I never thought about this. Xander, you're gonna like this. I should post this. You know, you ever guys ever hear of Rick Rick Riley? He's a famous writer, used to write for Sports Illustrated. And he said this about I gotta find that. He said this about me when we were getting ready to play against the national championship uh game against Penn State. And he goes like this. He said this, he goes, the next best thing to the Boz, plus one for quotability, minus two for inciting a riot. That's what he said about Big Sills. The next best thing to the Boz, I'm gonna, I'm, you know what, I'm going to tweet that out. The next best thing to the Boz, plus one for quotability, minus two for inciting a riot. As you could see here, Somebody who accused me of trying to inside a ride it or accused me of starting to kick stuff up. Maybe this, see, I didn't need radio and I didn't need any of this other stuff to sit there and do any of that. I mean, I have been doing this forever. Okay. I've been doing this forever. So know this here. Yeah. The boss did talk a lot of crap, man. He surely did. He surely did, okay? He surely did. Looking forward to you know what in his pants, says Nathan. Wentz, the boss, he was unbelievable. He won't be scared. We'll be blitzing 70. G meta, I don't know, though, because I'm not sure that's the kind of kind of uh, defense Jonathan Gannon runs. But Redick, this is a game that you bring in Redick. D-Train, if you're honest, Wentz on Washington is scary. It's a double-edged sword. You never know which Carson's going to show up. D-Train, that's a great take, okay? That's a great take. Ooh, I want to do that at the top. So Brian Dawkins had some trash talking on... Jonathan Gannon, I want to do that at the top of the hour. Get this. I got a text message today from Seth Joyner. He apologized because Seth was going to come on today. And Seth goes like this. You see all my boys and what everyone's saying about Jonathan Gannon? He goes, hey, and you see what Dawkins said, and I hadn't seen that. And, hey, man, we'll play that at the top of the hour. Jonathan Gannon. I'm with everybody when we're talking about his defense. Dude, you play that umbrella defense. Watch this. How about this? I'm going to say something to you here. Before we play that Brian Dawkins at the top of the hour here, know this. You play that same defense that you played last year against Carson Wentz, he'll throw for 350 yards in the game. Wentz can't take pressure. He can't. Once, hey, I'll tell you what makes – Carson Wentz, go back and watch that Buccaneer game. He played great in that game against the Bucs because you know why? The Bucs couldn't get pressure on him. If you can't pressure Carson Wentz and knock him off his point, he's going to complete passes on you. You move him around a little bit, and he's got to hold on to that ball, slap, fumble, sack, recovery, field goal, touchdown, you're in, and you're scoring. You sit back, hey, 
Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon could cost the upcoming season for the Eagles. He could cost some wins here. The coaching staff, we've said this before here, the coaching staff is also going to be on the hot seat here. you got to get A.J. Brown involved. And well, that's a great question, Xander. Jonathan Gannon or Nick Sirianni? Who improves their side of the ball more? I got. I, I want to do this topic. Who improves their side of the ball more? Gannon or Sirianni? And you got people talking trash on it a little bit here. All right. We're going to play that soundbite from Dawkins at the top of the hour. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan for the people.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Seals. Appreciate you guys coming aboard with us here. Please hit the like button. You guys have been great. Absolutely great. We're going to reset some stuff here, but having some fun here on a Friday the 13th as we get ready for the OTAs, 10 July minicamps coming right around the corner too. Thanks, guys, so much. By the way, okay, by the way, did you see any bashing or hear any bashing at all of Jalen Hurts or anybody? Did you in any way see that? Absolutely none. Okay? Have I? Nothing. Nothing. Because you know what? We're going to start doing this. Watch this. Schedule. Talent. I think it's time for us to start to do this. Nuts. How about we start talking more about the coaches that are on this team? Let's start evaluating the coaches more. Is that fair? D-Train, all you guys. Let's start talking about the coaches. Okay? We're going to play the we're going to play the Dawkins Bite here in a minute. Okay? We're going to play that here in a minute. With this, watch this. I'm going to write something down here, and you tell me if you guys think I'm high as a kite. Okay? Jared Goff, with that offense, or with that Offense they have, and with that defense that they played last year with Jonathan Gannon style, golf. 300 yards passing. Cousins. 400. 450. Carson Wentz. 350. Trevor Lawrence, 350. Kyler Murray, 325. Dak, 400. Now, I just said... Jared Goff would throw for 300 yards in the opener. Kirk Cousins will throw for 450 yards with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Wentz will throw for 350. Trevor, 350. Kyler, 325. Dak, 400. Am I bashing? 
Am I bashing? Tell me if I'm bashing. W2 says yes. Okay. A couple more. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Xander. Yes. This is going to be great. This is going to prove even a bigger point. Why don't we do this? Because some people think I'm bashing. Why don't we play one of the Eagles' greatest players in the history of your franchise and what he thinks about your defense this year, potentially? Brian Dawkins. Give me your breakdown of what you saw from a Jonathan Gannon defense in 2021. Well, for the year, I, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who they are. Okay. I just, and I'm just being, I don't know who they are. They started off one part of the year doing one thing. And then the next half of the year, they did a, like a different thing. So I don't, I don't know who really they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Very passive, giving up a whole bunch of yards and just allowing people to just dink and dunk them to death and take, you know, all up and down the, the field in the beginning. Then they begin to blitz towards the second half of the season. So they flip the script of how they, he called the defense. So again, I don't know, I don't know who he, who he really is. So mm-hmm. we'll find out who he is this year. I see they're going out trying to uh, sounds like they're going to, you know, try to beef up the secondary as well now mm-hmm. at, at this point. So they're doing some things to help them potentially be a more aggressive defense. And that was the mm-hmm. first half of the season. I was, I was like, be honest with you, I was about to pull my hair out. I mean, that was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, you can't, there's no way in no part of football that you, that you, that you allow starting quarterbacks to see what you're going to wind up in mm-hmm. over and over and over again. That's that's literally, and you know this, that's walkthrough. That's yep. what you guys do in walkthrough. You say, this is what a safety is going to be. These are going to be the spots you can hit. And that's what they kept doing. They were lining up in it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, but what that also does, it puts a whole lot of pressure on your players because you're, you're asking them to do up and above because the quarterback knows where the weaknesses in your defense yep. because they've walked through it and they've watched it on film. So again, we'll find out who they really are mm-hmm. this year um, with some of the additions they've added. Hmm. Z bashing. You can't let quarterbacks, somebody goes like this, you're assuming they're going to play poorly. No, I'm assuming they're going to play like they did a year ago. That's all I'm assuming. Why would Jonathan Gannon change his formula on how he approaches with his play calling? Because you add different players to your team doesn't mean you change your philosophy and how you attack an offense. Okay? So, I'm assuming that you think one of the greatest players in the history of the Eagles is also a basher. Oh, I see. I say it. I'm bashing. He says it's constructive. That's why I put these big numbers up here. Until you show me that you can cover a quarterback that's a legitimate NFL quarterback like Kirk Cousins, why wouldn't I think you're going to throw for 450 yards? What was the completion percentages 
for like um, guys like Patrick Mahomes last year, 78%. What was that? I mean, Brady, Brady was, it, it, it was a freak show watching it. Never assume. That's right. Never assume that you're going to write the ship. I'm going on what they did. I'm going on what they did. And what they did and what he did with his play calling, to me, you have to show me something different. So you don't have a cornerback on the other side of Darius Slate yet. You think magically you're going to find a guy walking the street over at the airport and you're going to slug him in at CB2 on the other side of Slay? You're going to have to make a trade for somebody. And they're not going to. So you're going to have a hole there. And you're going to have a hole on your free and strong safety positions. The thing that is encouraging is that, but here. So if you take Jordan Davis off the field on third down, your upgrade is Hassan Reddick, right? Your upgrade is Hassan Reddick. And I'm a fan of this guy. I love the shit talking, all that. We have brought Seth Joyner on. We heard from Brian Dawkins. We've heard from pretty much every other executive and whomever. Coaches, analysts. The Eagles play a soft coverage defense. Why wouldn't I? Look at this. Really? Jared Goff. Jared Goff got a team to a Super Bowl, won an NFC championship. He's not horrible. He's just inconsistent. But with a defense that plays like that, he'll throw for 350 yards. Cousins will throw for 450. Jefferson, Thielen, and the back. You don't think he's going to put gargantuan numbers up with a defense that plays the way they did a year ago? Or do you want to... See, here, I, I, one thing I don't think Brian explained well enough here. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me throw this at you here with a coordinator. Here. Actually, I'll tell you this, man. I, I, I've been asked in the past years ago by Butch Davis when Butch was at Carolina and when Butch was at Miami to come in and be a co-coordinator. This was years ago. It's making good money. I didn't want to do it. But he wanted me to come in and help on the defensive side. And I was going to earn my chops. Butch ended up going to the Cleveland Browns. I could have been a D coordinator with the Browns. Who knows? One of his favorite people. Dave wants that. All these guys come on. They've all offered me jobs to coach. You got to understand something about. You got to understand something about coordinating. Being a coordinator is interpreting, okay? And when you have a set fundamental philosophy on how you see and how you want to approach things, yes, you use the assets you have in front of you. This is how Jonathan Gannon saw last year. Now, last year's team has been upgraded. I agree. But remember something. There is a still-fired philosophy on how he approaches a game. 
He believes in other teams making mistakes. It's not a bad fundamental because I'll tell you somebody else, why would you say 400 yards ain't happening? That, that's funny. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the completion percentages of Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and some of these other guys. They were like over 68 percent against you guys. What do you mean it ain't happening? You know what? Andy Reid ran the ball for 200 yards, and I don't know if Andy Reid ran the ball outside of the Eagle game and any other game this last year. They were simplistic to figure out. It ain't happening. You play a zone coverage the way you play, you'll get picked apart again. Brian Dawkins just told you that. But you don't believe him, me, or anyone else who comes on. So you get this. There's no explaining it to you then. You're dreaming? Let me take a look at what Tom Brady's completion percentage was against the Buccaneers. What was Brady's completion percentage against the Eagles in last year's playoff game? 78.4%. Brady had a 78. He completed 80% of his passes. Hold on here. What was Jimmy Garoppolo's completion percentage against the Eagles in 2021? Here is information from CBS Sports. 68-1. Wait, <laughs> uh, uh, hang on. <laughs> oh, my God. 70% of his passes. What was Derek Carr's completion percentage against the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021? 91. <laughs> According to CBS. Ah, wait a minute. It was 91. <laughs> I'm going to stop this segment. I'm going to this segment's over. <laughs> Not This segment's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Brady had an 80. I just did three quarterbacks. Garoppolo had 70, and Derek Carr had 90. But you don't believe somebody who's thrown for 4,000 yards six times in 10 years is going to throw for 450 yards against that defense. Series of Basher. <laughs> That's a great take. Oh, my God. Oh my God! <laughs> series of bad. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> series of hater. D train. Series of hey, let's do Dak. Let's do Dak. Siri, help me out on Dak. What was Dak Prescott's completion percentage against the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021? No, it couldn't have been 96-2. That was just, okay, stats versus the Eagles. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This game here.
Oh, my God. He had 143 quarterback rating? <laughs> How could you? I only thought you went to 135. Eagles gave up 220, 22.6 points per game last year. Middle of the pack. Points matter with the – I'm not talking about points. And by the way, thank you very much. Eric, thank you. You're right. But when they played against good teams, they got destroyed. And good quarterbacks. They were destroyed. Holy jeez. And that game, that one game that kind of mattered on Monday night, Dak Prescott had 143 quarterback rating. He threw for 77. So hang on. Hang, hang. Oh, Max is 158. I didn't know that, actually. I thought it was 135. Hold on. So Carr throws for... 90%. Garoppolo, 70. And you think he sucks. Brady, 80. Dak, 77. And you think the numbers I threw at you are unreasonable? 350, 420. Carson Wentz will throw for big money against you. Oh, W2. No more Amari there. And Michael Gallup's injured, right? I don't think – help me out. Uh, w, I, I think, right, Michael Gallup doesn't come back until week five of 2022. Hold on here. I don't know what your question was. I think we can all agree. Yes, G Meta. That's Xander, put that up. Meta. That's the point I'm trying to make. Gannon, dude, he's got to change. More so than even Nick Sirianni. Siri, boy, these two coordinators. What up, Will? Guys, these two coordinators. Have a shit ton to change by the time 2022 comes. But I'm saying Gannon's got more on his plate. I think Sirianni's going to get it done, getting AJ involved in it and all that other. Okay? That's right. Rico, it's the scheme. It's not the play. Hey, it. so when you're allowing a quarterback like Derek Carr to have a 90% quarterback completion percentage. 90. This guy completes nine out of 10 footballs against the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. God. Oh, my. Hey. I would have kicked Rich. Uh, hey, you know what I would have did? I would have kicked Derek Carr in the kneecap. Pray he got taken out for a game or two. GT goes. If golf throws for over 300 yards, he should be fired. Oh, wait a minute here. I love Siri. How many yards did Jared golf throw for in 2021? Here is information from CBS Sports. Let's just see what kind of year he had. 
He threw for 3245 with 19 touchdowns and eight interceptions. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. And he played in 14 games, so he missed three. So you're talking about a guy who would have been around 3,800 yards. And here's a guy that's got how many 4,000-yard passing years? Hold on. This guy's got more than your entire franchise does. Jared Goff. 46-8. Wait a minute. Jared Goff threw for 4,688 yards. 32 touchdowns and 12 picks. The next year he throws for 4,638 yards, 22 touchdowns and 16 picks. Then he turns around and throws for 3,952 yards. You don't think that guy's going to throw for 300 yards against that soft-ass zone defense? You're freaking high. You're freaking high. That guy's got some work to do, Jonathan Gannon. I never said he was throwing for 400 yards. I said, actually, I had 300 yards. He's throwing for 300 yards against you. That's going to be a fact. You play that defense against them. I never said 400. Never said it. I did say 450 for Cousins with Justin Jefferson. You don't think Justin Jefferson's going to go and go into the link in week two and want to make a statement? I just saw Jimmy Butler go Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. I guarantee you, Justin Jefferson, if they win that game and Cousins throws for 450, you're going to hear this him walking off the field. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. <laughs> Look at that guy go. Marina Sills, if Jalen puts up 30 points per game and loses, it's not as – no, no, absolutely not. The normal media, the idiot bag media, Mar- Marina will, will, will blame him, but I won't. That Dude, this is why I'm ta- – I'm not even talking about the offense here. Hold on. I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts here. I'm talking about Jonathan Gannon here. And so was Brian Dawkins. I'm not talking about him. Gannon played more man to end the season, but our opponents got easier. That's right. He wasn't going against top flight quarterbacks in the end. And anytime they went against top flight quarterbacks, they got their shit pushed in. You said 450 for someone? You're damn right I did, Kirk Cousins. Hey, by the way, let me ask you something. How do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do against that defense, that, that defensive mentality of Jonathan Gannon's? What do you think the guy with the number one completion percentage in pro football history? By the way, I want to read you a stat. I want to read you a stat about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' stat. I want to read you something here. 
about Aaron Rodgers and this guy coming to your building with that defensive coordinator's mentality. Ready? Aaron Rodgers has played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17 seasons. He's got 450 touchdowns and 93 picks. Do you know that he has, here's his interceptions in the last, I'll just go five because it's obnoxious. Four, five, four. How many did Jalen Hurts have this last year interceptions? Jalen Hurts threw more interceptions in one year than what Aaron Rodgers did in three. Four, get this. He hasn't had a double-digit interception year in 14 years. Hey, 450, 450 touchdowns to 93 interceptions in 18 years of football. Hey, okay, dude, Aaron Rodgers, with that style of defense, you think 90%? He'll throw for 500 yards in that game. No, he probably won't have to because he'll throw for like 400 in the first half. You think you're going to play that kind of style again? Again, again? Derek Carr's good. He ain't Aaron Rodgers good. And he was 90%. Hey, Meta, D-Train, that's the craziest stat I've ever heard. In 18 years of professional football, as a quarterback – Aaron Rodgers doesn't have 100 picks, but he's got 450 touchdown passes. And you think Jonathan Gannon, with his style, is going to slow that guy down? Boy, I'll tell you something. You better have a come-to-Jesus conversation if you're Nick Sirianni with that guy because you got to do more to just sit there and let that guy, like he's at an arcade at some fair, because he'll kill you. Dude, GT goes, no Devontae Adams. It won't matter. The Green Bay Packers will have someone else step up. You know, it's funny. People bring Devontae Adams up. Well, what the hell do you think made Devontae Adams? He wasn't a first-round draft choice. The Packers have had two first-round draft choices at wide receiver in the last 40 years. They don't draft him in the first round like the Eagles do. They don't believe in it. Two in 40 years. You go back to Sterling Sharp, Shannon's brother, back in the 80s. I played against him. So when you say Devontae Adams, does it matter? The last 30 years... They've had one wide receiver drafted in the first round between Favre and Rodgers. Doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. Devontae Adams, 
And I showed you a stat before. 60% of the pro bowlers in the last decade were not drafted in the first round. The Packers are the best example. You know who else is a great example of that? The Steelers. They're notorious for not taking guys in the first round and finding guys like A.B. or Heinz Ward or whomever. John Stallworth. All those guys in later rounds. Chris, it's not... This is not saying you're losing to Green Bay. This is saying that Jonathan, who said anything about losing? I do think you're going to get beat by the Packers. But who, I'm not, on May 13th, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the style that Jonathan, oh, by the way, Brian Dawkins said it. Prediction, Carson Strong, 6'4", 226. Coming off a bad knee injury, still healing is a steal. 4,000 yards, 36 touchdowns, 70% completion percentage. Who coach is already liking to surprise? Who said that? <laughs> hey, man, Sydney. Sydney, that's a pretty strong prediction. And you backed it up with dough. You backed it up with dough. We thank you. Hey, why? All I'm asking you, and all, hey, all Brian Dawkins is asking you. Golf had the same stats as Hertz. No, he didn't. He played 14 games. No, he didn't. Had the same stats. That guy's thrown for 4,600 4, yards twice. You think Jalen's going to throw for 4,600 yards this year? Okay. Strong would be the – oh, Andrew. Bold prediction, Packers and Bengals won't make the playoffs. Um. Hertz played 15 games, much not much of a difference. Okay. So you think that Jalen's a better passer this coming season than golf, even though golf's got the history of having done it and Jalen doesn't. Okay. Who was he throwing to again in uh Detroit? Who was he throwing to in Detroit? I forget. And by the way, when he was in Los Angeles, Cup had good years, but not great years. They weren't exceptional. They weren't exceptional years when golf was there. Um, Seth, thanks for stepping in, brother. James says, I don't think it's fair to accurately judge Gannon off of one season, especially with the personnel given. I didn't say he couldn't get better. I said you can't play what you did last year. Because every time you stepped on the field with a top-flight quarterback, he destroyed you. Okay? He destroyed the defense. Now, I, I, complete, I completely agree 
But this is where Gary Cobb and a lot of people have said about Jordan Davis. So if you take Jordan Davis off the field, you're telling me that Nicobe Dean and Hassan Reddick have to be enough of an impact to cover up CB2 because you don't have another cornerback there and you're light at free and strong safety. That Reddick has to make the difference up for your defense to look different if Jordan Davis, who had nine sacks in 43 games in, in Georgia, is to all of a sudden turn himself into Fletcher Cox and have 10 sacks. Okay? That's what I'm saying here. The guys who are going to make the impact on third down to try to stop these big-time arms that you're going to be facing is got to be Dean and Reddick. Jordan Davis is not going to have an impact on stopping a guy like Kirk Cousins. And you, could, you can shit all over Kirk Cousins all you want. Kirk Cousins puts up massive numbers. And he's got Justin Jefferson. And he's got Dalvin Cook. And he's got Adam Thielen. It's a damn good offense. And you've got a coordinator that plays zone coverage. Every quarterback who made the postseason last year was over 70% against the Eagles. That's got to change. That's what Brian Dawkins said today. Okay? I I listen, I think they're going to here. The question is going to be, do you think that Jonathan Gannon's mentality do you, here's a guy, and then look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a little bit of a conversation I had with Bill Belichick years ago. I asked Bill how he approaches a certain team. Would you not say Bill Belichick is one of the absolute greatest coordinators of all time? Look what he did. He was a coordinator in New York, got those two rings. He was the assistant coach in New England when they went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Packers, okay? He wins those six. This guy's got eight Super Bowl rings, okay? Putting defenses together. He's the greatest defensive coordinator. And I asked him, Bill, what is the number one thing you do when you're going against a team? I always thought it was about attacking with your strength. You know what he said? Some truth. But for us, how we go against a team like the Eagles, what do you think the Eagles and how and how a team like the Patriots would go against the Eagles? He and Brady would sit down and find your weakest links. CB2. Free and strong. And the middle of the field will be open. The middle left. Isn't that what Brady attacked? Brady took that same philosophy from New England down to Tampa. They attacked the weak side cornerback away from Slay. Still went after Slay. And they attacked the middle of the seam with Gronk and with receivers doing um, seam passes. 
and doing the cutovers and turnaround passes. They basically went after the entire left side of the Eagles. Weakest link. These top flight quarterbacks that are going to go against the Eagles watching the game film that they have on tape now, okay? You're going to get a mentality in how Gannon prepares. Gannon believes in keeping everything underneath him. He doesn't want to give up the plus 25 play. He doesn't want to get beat deep. So what does he do? He plays off the ball. When you play against shittier quarterbacks, you're going to play more press coverage. But when you're playing against Brady, Brady's going to have the underneath and the, sling, and the seam and the tight end open every time, and he's going to have a screen game wide open. God forbid he gets a running game going, then he can't stop the offense. There's no defending it. So what the quarterbacks are going to do when they see Gannon style, here, golf and no completely outmanned. I think they're completely outmanned, the Lions versus the Eagles in week one. But still, fundamentally, golf, he's going to attack the weak, the weak CD2, the weak cover guy. The weakest guy, he's going to he's going to go after him. That's what every single one of these guys are going to do. And when you start doing that and you start playing off the ball in man coverage, it's one thing. But when you start playing zone and you start getting success and you can run the ball, that's a tough stop. Gannon's got to change this. Now, how many how much blitzing did Jonathan Gannon do last year? Yeah, Nathan, Belichick told me it was never really about us having. That's why. Think about this, Nathan. For Think about this here and how Belichick attacks teams. He would find the guy with the least knowledge of what's being asked of him. And they would attack that player. That's why every week the game plan was different. Certain guys were active. Certain guys weren't active. Malcolm Butler would be active. This guy would be because it went to personnel groupings. Bill would find the weakest dude on the team. Like, watch this. Bill would go after Nicobe Dean. Why is that? Nicobe Dean is going to be as smart as he can, still learning to be an NFL guy. You're going to attack that. Give him as many looks as possible. Brady would come to the line of scrimmage with Nicobe Dean. Look at Nicobe Dean in the face. And give him different reads. Move his head. Have a different alignment. Strong side, brown side, weak side. On this hash, on the other hash. He would move him around. And you've got to be fundamentally sound as a linebacker in your keys. I always tell young defenders this. If you follow the ball... It'll take you away from the play. If you read your keys, it'll take you to the play. The ball will fundamentally always take you away from the play because reverses, um, slants. It, it, you got to read your keys. Guy, guy blocks down. Boom. Be looking for the downside block. Guard goes away. Look inside because a trap play's coming or you could have a fullback trap or you could have a tight end trap coming in on you. 
Watch the fold block. Guy sitting back, center comes down on you. Engage. Keep your poise here. Don't let your backside arm free. Make sure you're holding that. And when you see the key go away, then you wipe across your, your center and you go to the ball and you get in your pursuit angle. Everything is fundamentally put down for you in front of you and they'll tell you exactly. Okay? But when you play a defense like Jonathan Gannon does and you're just sitting back and see, there's a part of me that's okay with it. Because watch this. You put a guy in the 20-yard line on the minus 20, on their 20. And you're saying this. This is what Jonathan Gannon's mentality is. And tell me if you think I'm wrong here. Okay? Tell me if you think um, I'm wrong here. Okay? Jonathan Gannon is saying this. I don't believe that that offense can go 14 plays on us without making a mistake. The only problem is, is that when you got quarterbacks completing 80% of the completion percentages, that philosophy gets eaten up in five plays, not 14 plays. His philosophy is right. He doesn't have the personnel yet because he doesn't have them in the secondary. Their front seven is good enough now to kind of bring that number down. They're going to be better because of the pressure on the ball, stopping the run. Okay? You're going to be. But you got to remember this. Again, you got quarterbacks completing 80%, 75%. That, that philosophy that he has gets eaten up. Instead of 14 plays, it's seven plays, touchdown, field goal. That's why Jonathan Gannon against these quarterbacks. Look, like some of you are saying, look, I don't think Jared Goff is great. I think he's been a bust since he came in the league, but yet he's got numbers. 4,600 passing yards, did it a couple times, owns an NFC championship. He's not terrible. He just looks – you know who I would compare Jared Goff to? He's a better version of Wentz. Massively inconsistent. And when it's bad, it's bad. Cousins is pretty good. Look, if you play like this with Carson Wentz and you don't pressure Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is going to throw for 350 yards. He did it against the Bucs last year. You didn't have a better defense than the Buccaneers did a year ago. That Colts and Bucks game went back and forth. Guy put up some pretty good numbers a year ago. He's going to complete passes if you don't get to him and move him off his point. That's all I'm saying. Okay? Seals, I don't. Seals, don't you think most of those stats are garbage time stats? Same with Cousins. Zach, they were 9-8. and eight. The Colts were 9-8. and eight. It's not like, you know, didn't they beat the Bills or the Chiefs last year? Didn't the Colts beat the, didn't they beat the Chiefs? I thought the Colts beat, the Colts beat one of those teams, the Bills or the, um, I think the Colts, I think, I think Carson Wentz beat the Chiefs or the Colts last year. I don't remember which one. I think it was one of those teams. 
I mean, those are two pretty damn good, impressive rosters. Okay? I'm talking about golf, cousins. Um, yeah, because they were they were never really in ball games. I think they game they tied. Wasn't it a Steeler game? Yeah, I think they made the right. One strong eight. I appreciate you coming aboard, man. Thank you so much, guys. Hit the like button. See where I'm saying here again. Jonathan Gannon, there's there's a remedy to this, though. I want to hit on that. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Forthepeople.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show. Thank you so much, guys. Nuts, thank you for making it happen. Give me 100 likes. Thank you very much. 
it is always appreciated when you guys do that stuff. Thank you very much, you guys. Again, your streak, I think it's on five months now. <clears throat> Every show we have, we're well over that. Hell, one time, I think we even got to 600. That's a that's a personal best when we got there. Either 500 or 600. I think it ended up, I think we did two. That one time that we had a hit with D Gun, I think we even got over 600 likes. We need a weekend edition on the Jacob Sports. I think they're working on that. I think they're working on that. It's still giving away a jersey today. Bro, I don't have a jersey to fit me. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? Joe Sr., uh, Senior Krause goes, hey, man, you know what? We might have to get a big Sills throwback jersey here. Okay, and give away. Hey, these guys want, Xander goes like this, these guys want six hours of Sills Saturday and Sunday too. I love you guys, man. Hey, and by the way, hey, gaming, I'd love to have a 1,000 likes. I do. Hey, G Meta, how about the week? By the way. I'm going to do this, and I've never done this in my radio or broadcasting career. Kudos to Sports Take. Kudos to Sports Take this week. Good for them, man. When you out Bill Sills, when it comes to getting guests on, I always give kudos because they're teammates. Good job. Good job, because people never do that. They had a great week. Good for them. And see, unlike certain teammates, I root for everyone's success. I want everyone to have great success. Okay? First week since we hired you, someone topped your list. Kudos. Kudos. And by the way, I still put the owner of the Cowboys on. (laughs) Right? I mean... We still did have the owner of the Cowboys on. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Hey, you know. Hey. Could you do a section on the undrafted signings? Yeah, we'll do that next week for you. I'll do some homework for you. I don't mind doing homework for you like that. Sure, Sydney. Okay. I had to give you one dislike just to piss you off, Big Dan. <laughs> oh, my God. My wife doesn't believe you're talking to me. Can I say? <laughs> What's that mean? What is that supposed to imply? Okay. Yes, I'm talking to you. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm talking to you. Hey, Big Seals, I'm out, brother. Have a great weekend. Randall, thank you so much for coming aboard. Cowboy owner told me Dak is superior right here. (laughs) Xander did a great job this week. Absolutely. Dawkins will do that for you. Oh, yes, Jess. Hi. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. Jess, just so you know, you tell your old lady this. You come here and hang out with big sales? Sure. You're, you're, you're like a customer that comes in 
to the National Football Show. We love, hey, even W2, even Big Chris, even the guys that give me a ton of shit, we love them too. It's all good. Uh, Lou, I'm dead. Oh, gaming, we had a great week. Yeah, it was really good. You know what they always say, though, man. Oh, I'm a man of the people, Zach, because I am the people. I'm not. I, there's nothing fancy about me, except my Coronas. Chris, you know what? It's funny you should say that. You know, even when I did the middle, I wanted the middle to be different than what I do here with you guys. I don't really know if they do or not. I know I do. And by the way, Xander and I came up with that. And we figured, and guess what? The show completely turned around when we started engaging with people. So why would I stop? That doesn't make sense. Jess says, thank you very much. I just found your show last week for the first time. What do you think, Jess? Well, obviously, you're here. Five-star, thank you. Have a corona on me. Oh, Sydney, thank you. Sydney, I got to get down there, though. I got to get down to Australia. That's on my bucket list, dude. I want to go there. I want to go down there. Even Siri the Basher. <laughs> hey, Siri Bash. So wait, Siri bashes. The- That's a great take. Eagle fans are so freaking hated. Even Siri bashes us. Dude, that's a great T-shirt. Siri, Siri hates Eagle fans too. She bashes us. It's great. Oh my God. Perth. Okay. My wife and I want to try to hit New Zealand one day as well. We want to get down there. I want to get on the ocean down there. I got a couple places I got a bucket list that I want to get to. I want to get to Greece. I've not been to Greece. I want to get to Australia, New Zealand. I'd love to go to Brazil. Not been to Brazil. Born in New Zealand. Hey, Sills. We like your old stories of your playing days. Well, my playing days are kind of different because there's wrestling in there. There's arena football. There's Canadian football. Hey, one real quick one. The Canadian Football League. So I told my wife, you know, over there, that one contract that I got offered when it came to um, going to play in Canada, I got like seven contract offers. And so I go, hey, honey, what do you feel about moving to Saskatchewan? She went like this. Okay, show us a picture of your playing days. Like that? Like that, Meta? Is that good? That's big seals against the Lions when we played in the NFC Central Division. How's that? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, 
Dude. Next week, we'll run the highlight tape. A guy at um, Intercom, now Odyssey, made a highlight reel of mine when I played um, at the University of Miami. Guess who played? Jerome Brown played next to me. And I think you guys, you, you think, Xander, that they'll be impressed with that? I think they'll be impressed with that. Guys, oh, here we go. Here it is. I can't use audio, but you're a beast in this video. Look at this thing, Zan. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Don't worry. I just wanted to show the people so they can watch it this weekend. It's on your YouTube, I think. Yeah. I can't play the sound or else we'll get flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's right. Copyright. By the way, I had to ask. I had to ask Lars if it was okay to put the whiskey in a jar on the um, on the video. He goes, oh, you just decided to put... My song on this highlight, and I go, I thought that was cool. He goes, oh, okay. Yeah. So Lars from Metallica, look at this Big Sills sacking right here, right there on the one. Big Sills was a beast in his playing days. Look at uh, this, I'll man. 288. So go watch that. You'll have a good time with that. Guys, I appreciate it. Xander, great job this week, man. Everybody at Jacob had a great week this week. We so thank you so much for coming aboard. I can't wait for what happens over the next couple weeks here with us. So thank you so much. Have a great one. We'll catch you Monday going three to six. We'll see you on the flip side. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. 
Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.